Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we are giving away a bunch of brand new Black Magic gear. Yeah, cameras, switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Black Magic, and we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now cue the music. Hey, welcome to Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode was brought to you by patron Josh Basler. I'm Matt Emmo. And I'm Warren Kaplan. And I'm Carlin Hudson. Uh, we don't do that, Carlin. That's just Matt and I get to <laughs> introduce ourselves. You told me I could say it. You really set her up on that one. That's <laughs> um, Cool. So, Carlin, thanks for joining us. We are just catching up on the director's life. The director's life. Yeah, it's, it's almost the end of the year. In Hollywood, I think it's the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Are you guys getting a feeling? It's like this is the Monday before Thanksgiving. And so, basically, everyone's going to be out of town until Sundance is over. Yeah, Matt has, like, this real calendar mentality in Hollywood. And I hate to admit it, but he's usually right. Mm -hmm. Carlin, how do you feel? (laughs) I agree. Like, we'll get to what I'm up to later, but I have the script that we're going out to people with. And, like, we have a plan based on, you know. When people are back in town, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you sent something tomorrow, you'd basically just be throwing it away yeah and it's confusing because in meetings they're like i want to read it over the holidays it'd be yeah. perfect yeah yeah but my reps are like no <laughs> yeah they're right because think about it think about any job if you started a big long-term project the day before you go on vacation for thanksgiving are you really gonna be like passionate about it and then if what what if like when you got back from thanksgiving someone sent you six other projects that you could also pick from what are you going to do? Are you going to remember the project you read over vacation while you're like stressed out with your parents? Right. Well, so I think there's two types of projects that you should do in December. And there's a very obvious thing that you shouldn't do, which is what Carlin just said. You shouldn't like reach out to executives or agents and have them look at your materials at that point. Agents, managers, any of those people are bad news during the holidays, right? Or anyone that has kind of like the regular nine to five job. But the two places that uh, I feel like are really active in December is one, commercials are still happening because people are trying to spend their like Q4 money or at least commit it to a job. Like I've been on so many jobs where we don't even shoot till like mid-January, but they want to spend the the money by December 31st. So it's like you're up for all these jobs, but they're like not shooting for a while. I had a call tomorrow about a job and I was like, when does this shoot? And they're like, oh. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, wait, they just what? need it to hit their books. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that is 
one. Uh, so that's one type of job. And then the other type of job uh, is the indie job. Like it's when mm-hmm. that DP that's been busy on that TV show all year uh, becomes available or your friends that you wanted to write something with or go shoot something with uh, become available. Equipment is easier to get. Stages mm-hmm. are easier to book. All that stuff. So yeah. I think it's like the developmental time. And I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but uh, our my daughter, her name is Winter. And we named her that because winter is like the time in L.A. where you kind of get to think for yourself about yourself and a little less about like chasing other things. And it's kind of this serene, introspective time that we really like. So anyhow. Anyhow. Well, on that note, actually, as winter approaches, we just kind of we were thinking about like, oh, what's the next year going to hold for us like what like the three of us have done quite a bit of stuff over the last year so we thought this would be kind of a good early year-end wrap out basically yeah Um, i think we've done a lot of stuff but we've also seen the industry change in interesting ways uh not i mean obviously we've talked about diversity a lot on the podcast but also just like branded content has like come in full force and disappeared and come back. And a lot just, of companies have folded in the last year. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Go 90 and all these places that would like when we started this podcast, I was like, you're an idiot if you don't move to LA and just talk to anyone about making a show because everyone's making shows. Like, remember Overstock.com like was starting their own like what? streaming service? No, I do not. <laughs> like, it's like everyone was making like million dollar web series and so not not anymore i was telling everyone like you gotta just pitch any dumb idea you know you and your roommates move to la make a show about it um and now it's like no one is doing that yeah so it's interesting when we've we've all done shows in that space and it doesn't quite build to anything like we have to move sideways instead of up um in in that vicinity so yeah it's interesting to talk about kind of what we you know we thought it's going to happen for us next year or not what will happen but what we're trying to make happen right yeah yeah matt what do you get boy good question <laughs> so yeah this year was a, a transitional one for me you know like i had done a lot of stuff that felt uh like a step forward in terms of prestige or notoriety or things like that i did you know some stuff for Ellen and some stuff for Facebook watch and like some broadcast commercials and, you know, kind of some, some big steps, but also not always the most creatively fulfilling, you know, like there, there was always a ton of awesome creative challenges and things like that, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the tier one sort of projects. Like if you go way back to one of our first or second episode, like the, the passion projects basically where I had kind of fallen by the wayside. So I did do one of those this year that it, you know, honestly, it's taken me six months to finish. Um, but so I think that you're talking about your short film, my short film. Yeah. Yeah. I literally was like color timing it today and we shot it in July, August, something like that. Oh, but it's locked and you're finishing it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like, it's like pretty darn close. In the meantime, Carlin got a butt suit, filmed a (laughs) short film with it, played it at South by Southwest (laughs) Got famous, got a drug problem. So famous. Went way down. Yeah. Hit rock bottom. And, and now it's back. It bounced back same already. Yeah. yeah. Well it done, was a Carlin. Rough few months in the <laughs> drug, drug, drugdom. That's yeah, not a word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of interesting. Like, how big do you think short, personal, short projects like play into your plans for like moving forward in your career? Next year? Yeah, that's a great question. Carlin, are you, you had, 
a very successful short, right? It premiered at South by. It was short of the week. That's kind of like Vimeo stat pick, not oh, short of the week. Pardon me, pardon me. They're yeah, so different. We'll say this: they're both very prestigious online festival style, yeah, demarcations, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I, I guess that was a year ago. Um, because well, I made it played that South by this year. This year, yeah. But we shot it in September of last of year. last year. And then you must have submitted it like immediately. Yeah, I got a, an extension. Did you? Yeah, because I had, you know, I, I knew you, the programmers. and She's an and Austin local. I'm an Austin local, and then Distance, my series pilot, premiered there in 2016. Mm, great. Yeah. So, you know, I was already an alumni, I guess, at that point. Yeah, yeah. So, you yeah, had a little wiggle room. You had some email addresses you could. I had some email yeah. addresses, yeah. And so did that, what did that short do for you, do you think? Honestly, when I, so last year, I mean, I feel like every year I'm like not working as much as I want to and never quite reaching, I'm sure we all feel that way, but the year that I made that short, I had made two other short comedy films too, and um, that was just the most like successful and ambitious, even though they all cost like less than a grand each. Uh I just needed to make something. I was just mm-hmm. like, what the fuck am I doing? Just waiting around for jobs. And uh, this isn't working for me. Like, I'm not on set as much as I want to be. And I just was like, I have to just get out there and, and do things. And so luckily my partner, um, he we he wrote nice ass. I did not. But also we would split the cost of these mm-hmm. things. And so some we wrote, the other ones we wrote together, but that one he wrote. But anyways, it was, it was nice because we could just be like, okay, we're going to shoot something in two months. Mm-hmm. On this, like one of these weekends, like pick a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the butt one, the only complicated thing was we had to get the costume made, right? Which is a giant butt costume. Which I, I'm like, it was far and away the most expensive part of the film. It was 350 bucks or 300 bucks. Hey, that's that's a steal. I think the sh- that short in particular was such a good way of me regaining confidence as a director, saying mm-hmm. like I can. This is a style of comedy that I can do, and it's really visual, and it's um. You know, it's like a, it's short, but it, it has a very specific point mm-hmm. of view and whatever. And yeah, it was like an easy thing to follow up with people on like, hey, mm-hmm. this thing premiered at South by. Check it out. It's three minutes. So I just was in oh, New York boy. and had all these yeah. meetings and everyone was like, I love that short. Because like who didn't have time to watch a three minute movie? Yeah. Yeah. So what meetings did you have in New York and how did you get them? Um, Through my managers, I met with like animal kingdom you know they are they produce short-term 12 they're um like with it's like mgm studios disneyland epcot <laughs> my um. mother on the phone goes of course i know i have animal planet i was like no mom it's not <laughs> i love that channel i was like no no it's not animal planet. near cat manor <laughs> yeah okay that was a good show but uh yeah and like sarah jessica parker's company and about just like companies like that because people are I think getting interested in uh, my feature script. So I met with them about that. And how did, what does your manager tell them about your feature script to get the meeting? Like they send a log line or a treatment or something? Yeah, I think they send a log line and because I'm not ready to share it yet. It's getting close. Mm. Um, Oh, that's interesting. Are you worried that you're going to get this interest and then? It's just not, I mean, I'm on draft. I'm calling it draft Mm 2.5. It's just not ready to share. Yeah. It's it's a, it's the close. I mean, usually my first drafts are pretty unreadable. Mm-hmm. This one was a little bit better than a usual first draft because I spent many months outlining and was like, 
ex- very serious about that portion before mm-hmm. I went to the writing phase. So it's a little further along than an average second draft. Yeah. How long ago did you start writing? I got permission to tell the story in July. It's a true story? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay. Based on, loosely based on a true story. It's a comedy? Yeah. Dramedy, comedy, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Is it about a butt? It's about breasts. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of about these things, though, because it's about sex ed. You're going to cast twins, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, yeah, I guess so the build, so it's like we're putting out these building blocks, right? The nice ass South by Southwest, even if people haven't seen it, it's like, hey, this is a, Mm -hmm. you know, she had had a project at South by this year. What I think is really interesting that you said is like you, it just helped you regain confidence. And it's like, there's something important, I think, about doing something every once in a while that Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, that's good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, we always joke about how like every once in a while there's a job you know you're not going to put on your website or going to make your reel or something. I just heard a phrase for this that I'm obsessed with. For the meal, not the reel. Yeah. Yeah, You've heard that. I've never uh, heard. I've heard. That's funny, right? Some are for the reels and some are for the deals. Mm. I mean, those are both funny. Like if like your seventy-five-year-old agent is saying, them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, "Let's just do this one. It's for the meal, not for the reel." Come on. But the like, job that I'm up for right now is like it's it could be maybe for the reel, probably not. But like they sure. called me today and they said, you know, it's a for the meal because I told them that last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, it's like such a turnoff when someone. Says, says that yeah they like no i've never heard that term but people are like yeah like i did this job a while ago and i was like this casting is kind of weird and the scripts aren't very good i was saying to the producer like trying to figure out like in my treatment how to talk about this but i don't want to be mean and i want the job obviously i think it can be good and then they're like yeah we hate it we're just doing it that's what the client wants <laughs> sure well th- there's a difference between making something that everyone knows is bad and is okay with that you don't want to do that, right? No. But there's also, you know, my Facebook Watch show is a great example of like, it's a show that's hosted and like direct to camera and then has also sketch comedy elements. That's not a thing that I am aiming for in the grand scheme of things. And yeah. so like, I but, don't put that on my reel. That is right. for the meals, but I'm still trying to make it good and that show is good right it's a that's a different thing but that's a different it is what it is you know like if you're making a good version of the if you don't like if the medium isn't what you want to be known for it's one thing but if you know like something can be really good and it's just like the script needs to change a little it needs to simplify be simplified a little bit or it's a little overly ambitious to be good um it's hard i'm saying you can you can take a meals job and not be a complete sellout you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, no, but but I guess kind of how this started is that it doesn't necessarily give you the confidence that you need. It doesn't right. replace one of those yeah. jobs. Well, and doing a great job on a thing that you aren't totally aspiring to doesn't give you any confidence either and can deteriorate it as well. Mm-hmm. Like I did a good job on my Facebook show and didn't feel emboldened by it afterwards. You right. Know? Yeah. Well, the worst is like, I mean, years ago I did, I was doing a lot of comedy stuff and somehow I got like a hidden camera thing that was comedic a little bit. It was real people and hidden camera. And I did one thing and it came out like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then 
all the people that I did it for just kept hiring me over and over to do hidden camera stuff, which I had zero interest in doing. But it's like, you well, I guess I'm not going to turn down the job. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that aspect of it, too, where you just keep getting the jobs that you don't want to do, but are their jobs. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so you have your short done. Do you want to make another short? Like, I guess, what's the... Yeah, that's a great... I mean, I think about making another short all the time, but I think also I just want to make a feature. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like the short of it. This isn't a proof of concept. No. No, yeah. No, no. You read it. It, I read uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's purely just like... The short that I made before was an exercise and just like... Just doing something that like is my voice that I do start to finish and that doesn't take a ton of resources like time at a gray one or a, one before a gray that? one a okay. gray one yeah which is like you know it takes place in one apartment it's two actors and i was like how do i make that cinematic and cool and fun and it's just two people talking mm-hmm. and like i can do that in one day and it's not going to cost me a ton of money i'll borrow some gear and ask some friends to help out and it, it won't be a big imposition to anyone basically yeah um, and it turned out great, and I'm I'm happy and proud of it. It's not gonna win Sundance, do you know what I mean? Which is an interesting, weird feeling to know that like there are things that, of course, everyone would look at their film and go, "Oh, there are things I would do differently." But like, it didn't have aspirations to be the thing. Mm-hmm. My like my opus, right? Which I think is a a helpful strategy to have. But also the flip side of that <coughs> is that like, you know, it's not the most audacious thing that I could, that will come out of me. You know what I mean? But also this is from the guy that thought paranormal activity was like the worst movie you ever saw before it came out. Right. Sure. 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 So I, like, could, you, I could be wrong. I could be, be wrong. A, and I, I re- could be a genius or you're right. Yeah. No. And also <laughs> we've all done like, I mean, I'd, all those Quiznos things I did, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And then and the, that's the most, really yeah, those are like the most those. viewed things that I did. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm sure there's an element of you just like being bored of it, you know, a little bit. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm not shitting on it at all. I'm totally proud of it. I, you know, I think it's like, it is, it doesn't go so far beyond two people talking about their feelings that it's going to transcend that necessarily, I guess is all I'm saying. That makes sense. But you do know. you think it, I mean, I guess this is for both of your shorts, nice ass and, and your other two shorts that we didn't talk about and a gray one do you think it's like a great piece to like show a production company like hey look i made this and here's my script because that's kind of what carlin's doing now with nice Mm -hmm. ass and nice Mm -hmm. ass i'm sure there were moments where you were like uh this is so dumb you know stupid it's a really stupid short but we took it seriously and like you know just just to kind of maybe paint the picture a little bit more nice ass is basically a person in an ass costume kind of in rom-com tropes is yeah. that how you de- how yeah, would you yeah. describe it yeah it's yeah exactly like he's reminiscing about like his relationship to this person you think but it's really this woman's ass right it's right. not sexual at all it's kind of like um the fantasy sequence in the first harold and kumar where kumar oh, yeah. falls in love with the bag of weed it's kind <laughs> yeah, of like it's that like that yeah but we like we modeled it like we shot on like vintage zooms and it's like has a sort of you know beautiful the the montage stuff is very like hollywood yeah. rom-com sort of yeah it's yeah, like it's you a, made an it's a satire yes yeah um that's yeah it's a satire <laughs> yeah. thank you but so you just said that off that short and obviously the south by 
laurels don't hurt but you got all these meetings and people are like what else do you have like right but i mean i look but like let's be clear i didn't get those meetings because of one short i did at south by i've made a feature i might the series distance is nominated for the gotham awards like i i've done you know there's right. i wish i could say yeah, well yeah. it's just like i wish i could say this one thing and you know like every time i make something it's like this is gonna be it this is the thing that breaks me through but it's really just like another cool thing on my yeah. resume yeah. yeah. Well, and, and so to that end, I think that shorts are good in that sometimes it's nice to just have something in the hopper. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the thing. I think it's like so important to like just be showing people new things. Yep. I know this one director who's like insanely talented and he directed this like one of my favorite commercials of all time. Um, but it was like 10 years ago and it's like a multi-million dollar like mm-hmm commercial for a giant company and you guys have probably seen it it's like really good and really well done and cinematic and narrative and storytelling and um i know the people that represent this person for commercials and i'm like he must work all the time he made these like amazing commercials and they're like well they're all like 10 years old yeah they're like amazing but we can't really sell you're like easier to sell because you have something that just came out last week and so we can show it to someone and so that it is like so important to just keep making yeah. things. And so even, yes, of course you have, I mean, you're, you have all these amazing things you've made in a track record and resume and you've worked with like great filmmakers, but having a short that just won South by is an excuse to have a meeting. Yes, that's true. Or yeah. Did it win? No, it... but I really liked how that sounded. <laughs> 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 I was like, did it win? No, it didn't. Um, <laughs> an official selection is a win. At least I mean, that's yeah. what laurels look like. Uh, genuinely. That's true though. You know, like yeah. I think, yeah, it's it would be nice if it was like, I don't, but I don't even know, like, grand jury prize. I guess would be the thing you would <laughs> have. It, on. Yeah, and at Sundance, my the people, friends that I know, having had Jim Cummings on sure, the show, yeah. yeah, like winning a prize at Sundance is a is a different. It's helpful. Thing. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. Like I think that um, I remember Jim's year, people referring to different shorts as the short that won oh, Sundance. I, it's I know. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, this one Sundance, that one Sundance. Uh, the procedure, which is my other favorite out of oh. that year. That's we've talked about this one on the show. That's the one where the guy this guy just gets kidnapped and he gets strapped to a table and then butt gets lowered from his ceiling and uh, farts in his face. <laughs> oh right, yes. I haven't seen this one but I've heard of it. I should just go watch it. You should go watch it. It's... If you're okay with seeing buttholes not <sighs> so it's so frustrating i feel like i'm always writing fart jokes and people are always telling me to remove them and then you like hear about this <laughs> these fart shorts winning is, awards it's, it's like the bane of my existence i don't want to sell that short short um <laughs> uh, but it is literally just a fart joke amazing like yeah. executed as expertly and as concisely as you possibly could well, I guess I wonder how inspired you were because you sell your short as a pube joke. That's true. It and is. your short yeah. was an ass joke. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, real feelings with... um Highbrow stuff over yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I, I don't have a plan for next year, but something that I've been really thinking a lot about and excited about is like this idea of the proof of concept mm. of like making the $1,000 short that sells a tone Like it's something I've learned a lot from the treatments that I've been doing pretty much all year is that the writing, some people read, some people don't. I, I, we think we all know that everybody in Hollywood hates reading scripts, right? Mm -hmm. Reading in general is just like not something anyone does. Um, and so 
uh, I find that I'm getting some jobs just because like they got the tone from scrolling through my treatment, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, well, that's why images are so important, right? Yeah. And I've had this, I've been doing, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I've been doing like tests in my treatments. I literally shoot something with my iPhone, like a camera move and I'll edit it, put music under it and I'll put, uh, put it on Dropbox and put a link in my treatment. And people are like, yeah, thanks for doing that test. And I'm like, Sure. Like I'll be in my office and I'll just like pan the phone over and I'll like pan again. I'll be like, yeah, I came up with this thing called a whip pan. <laughs> um, like <laughs> I'll that, literally wow. just mm-hmm. do dumb things. Like I can show you some of them. They're so bad, but people respond to them. And I feel like the less hard I work on them, the better the response is. So like my That's new theory is that I just need to, I want to make this superhero movie about brothers. I just need to get two guys and shoot them on my iPhone, maybe like a 5D or something in my yard doing something, add some effects and just start sending it to managers and saying, hey, here's a log line. Here's a test. Sending um, it to managers? Or sorry, producers, I guess. Did you drop your manager? No, no, no. I'm, I'm with my manager. Or like um, sending it, like trying to get it made. I'm pitching this other Indian superhero film and like we're going to just shoot like, you know, chronic, like found footage style test for no money. Do you have well, a script for your feature? Um, no. Yeah. But the point is, if I did, I think it would be really hard to get someone to read it unless I had something to show them first, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. However, I do think that, like, I've been asking my exec friends to send me scripts this year that they, like, find mm-hmm. that are cool and, like, pass among them, amongst themselves. And, you know, they when they do read a good script, it definitely gets some buzz. Obviously, like, the blacklist exists. Sure. But I don't know. But like, yeah, people are like, oh man, this is incredible. I, I, it's not right for us, but maybe it's right for you, basically. Yeah. Right? yeah. But also a blacklist script is like a jury winning short at Sundance. Like, True. I, I guess, I feel like it's harder for me, like my where my skill set lays, uh, it's way easier for me to do like a test video, um, you know, than it is to write an amazing feature that everyone will be passing around from agency mm-hmm. to agency. Let me ask you this. Is it better to just shoot a no-budget feature? Well. Right? Carlin, you did that, right? <laughs> it wasn't. No, yours wasn't was no-budget, right? Around 100? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Low. Okay. Low. Low. Yeah, yeah. That's not no-budget. That's low-budget. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have so many mixed feelings on my feature, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> is it Matt saying like instead of I doing mean, proofs of concept and writing, yeah. or, writing or amazing short, scripts? You know, obviously you have to write an amazing script in order to write a, to shoot a feature. But I guess I the thing disagree, that, but yeah, go on. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you don't. Maybe you you can make a great feature without a, a complete script. There's plenty of people who do that. That's a great point. But <clears throat> what I'm getting at is that you know, is there a recipe for a movie that you can make and Jim would argue like yes 100%. Yeah, is there is there a recipe where I can make a indie low budget feature that I can pay for myself with a little bit of crowdfunding and not wait. Just go do it. Um that that would that is get you a studio feature what that is no, meaningful in what way? I'll get you those feature, great meanings. Yeah, get yeah, like maybe I'm doing more TV or is works out basically. Like well, well there's no way around this like 2 year mark for a feature, right? 
There's right. just no sure. way. You can shoot your feature in a day. You'll still spend two years on it. Sure. I mean, but, but I, nice I, ass you can do in like a month. Yes. But also I have always felt like not having a feature under my belt has held me back. And like also spent a lot of time on a feature that I loved that like ended up going away. But part of the reason it went away is because like I couldn't get somebody to pay for it because it cost too much money. Mm-hmm. Which is a thing we haven't really talked about on the show, but like, that's the gist of it, basically. Yeah, it's hard to rely on other people in yeah. this business. That's why even like like you see what Carlin was talking about with uh, her partner on these shorts. Like if they wrote this feature together and tried to get it financed and then like a year later someone's like, hey, I'll option this thing, but I want to put my own director on it. Like your partner probably would be like, well, why don't we do it? And you'd consider sure. it like which it, frankly, it's the length of time on the features that it just introduces so much room for like destruction opportunity and is you know again we haven't talked about on the show that's what happened to me yeah no it sucks it's happened it's happened to people all the time yeah i was the showrunner on a show yeah i had my apartment booked in canada (laughs) and they took the job away from me i got booted from the second season of a series that i created yeah you know yeah sucks yeah (laughs) it happens i mean i think so (laughs) yeah cool well uh, this has been Just Shoot It. I'm, I'm so... <laughs> and, uh, I'm proud of the podcast, and uh, good luck, everyone. Yes. Yeah. Um, get the guns loaded. <laughs> Matt doesn't like gun jokes. I don't. Um, <laughs> but but Carlin's from Texas, so she has I a soft spot for guns. guns. <laughs> no, that's not true. Cruise. Uh, oh, um, boy. Come whoa. on, Let's edit this section out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to represent... Texas accurately? 40, well, 44% of the country. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, but I, you, I, yes, you guys get what I'm saying. And look, this is a question we're not going to answer tonight. But, you know, is it better to just shoot a feature I think nights and weekends? If, if I, I guess I feel like making my feature, had I, there's so many things I do differently and a lot of things I did right. But it was a little too low concept, my future. Mm-hmm to mm. break through the noise. Mm-hmm. And so I think while it's like a really kind of, you can romanticize the idea of just like getting 50K and making this feature and whatever, cool, but what can you make for 50K that's going to be different enough and special enough? That people are going to pay attention. Yeah. yeah, right. It's kind of like what but, you said about your short. Because your short's sure. great. It's got great performance. It looks amazing. All the good sure, stuff, sure. but it is a little low concept, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a relationship short. Yeah, it's a relationship short with a pube joke. Um but that's also true if you make it for 200,000 mm-hmm. or a million. Yeah. Or 5 million. True. Well, you know, at 5 like, million you probably have a name in it. But but here's the thing, go onto YouTube and watch one indie trailer. And I guarantee you will be recommended movie after movie after movie of actors you recognize and probably know the name of these movies that cost a couple million bucks that you have never heard of. And no one saw, and don't look very good. Well, frankly. those, yeah, but those are the not good ones, the not good movies. Like, um, sure, it's but the, but so what I'm saying is is that that's exactly my point. If Carlin, your point is you have to make a good movie at fifty thousand dollars, you have to make a good movie at five million dollars. But, but I more than I'm more than that. I'm saying it's not enough to make a good movie. It has to be a movie that is unique enough. To like, because sure. South by and Sundance get what five to ten k submissions, and they program sixty. Right. So. Yeah. But so I'm saying that that's true for anything. those numbers anything. are a little exaggerated, but yeah. But still, 
It is. I think it's more like thirty five hundred, and they program like one hundred and fifty. <laughs> okay, so so let's say let's like say. I mean it's like the, like sure. eight times sorry, as much. Sorry. Fine. So then you like you have to still stand out amongst those one hundred and fifty. They could get two hundred submissions. You still have to be special. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that my future is well executed, and, and it did well on like this. And it is high concept distance. You're talking about right? No, distance is high concept. My future is not. Oh. And which one won more awards? But they're uh, both relationship distance? dramedies. Yeah, distance. Well, distance. Yeah, distance is. A, I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but it's the one where you co-directed it and you directed right. one side of a long distance. Well, not relationship. even co-directed. There's just two directors. You uh, uh, do what's like dual know. dialogue, like dual directed. Yeah, you tag teamed an episode. No. Well, we did co-direct one of the episodes. When the oh, meat. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but but like it. you know that that series a, a dramedy about a couple in a long distance relationship like yeah. blah, nobody yeah, wants sure. to fucking see that Been unless that. Yeah. right unless it's like has you know the the point of view hook that we did right right um, well it, I absolutely hate it when our podcast guests answer a question like this uh, but I'm gonna <laughs> answer it which is it just totally depends on sure the, on the story and I think. If you are saying, which by the way is the same thing I'm saying, I'm not saying it's you specifically, Matt, but if you're saying, I just want to make a feature, let me find something that I care about and I'm excited about and feels unique and fresh and whatever, and I'm going to make that feature, will it, is that a good idea? I, I think like you have to kind of start at the concept and be like, this really interests me. Like what, how is it best served? Because sure. you, you, like there's this movie, I haven't seen it, but I heard it's amazing called Mind the Gap where this guy like went home and mm, it's like, a documentary, right? Yeah, but it's like about himself and these his friends and skateboarding and like hmm. people are just saying it's great because he found this story that, that merited a feature. Right, you know? Well, but what I'm saying is that sometimes you have to give yourself permission to say, hey, I am going to write a movie that I'm going to make. And like, of course, we all presuppose that we're going to take all of our insight and talent and every bit of experience that we've garnered over the last however many years and then you put everything you got into a movie right what i'm saying is is that like you have to decide okay a fifty thousand dollar movie could be good enough to break through the noise i think that's the thing that's still a little challenging is that there's not necessarily a good example of that yet you know right well uh, yeah blair witch project the 20 year old example sure um, but what about mm. like you look at what Adi Shankar did in our previous guest? He made that Punisher short, which you know for fifty thousand dollars you could make that, and off of that you could get a TV job. You could get something. Mm-hmm. You could get buzz at least. Um, he made a fifty thousand dollars short. He claims it was ten thousand dollars, but it had Thomas Jane in it and all these things exploding wow. and like um, you know. But it he basically kind of launched this like Marvel. Uh, what it, what's it called? Universe. the bootleg universe where he like basically huh. used Marvel properties without permission and made these shorts. And it, he also produced the gray, which was, you know, was like a giant blockbuster. Liam Neeson movie? Yeah. No, the lesson <laughs> is that what he told us is he goes into meetings and people don't ask him about this, like $50 million gray, he produced. Right. They ask him about this $10,000 short he made. Cause that's the one that people, there was controversy, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so can you, I think you can make an awesome $50,000 feature if it's like about something, either a true story or some really controversial point of view of, about something or something right. just so personal or unique or, I, I don't know. I mean, the, uh, Eli Roth made this like horror film about 
this like tribe in South America that like had never met people that were like cannibals. And he like went really went to South America and found these like real cannibals and used them. And like, it sounded so, and you know, and he had a few million dollars. It sounded like so crazy and interesting and like nobody saw it. Like, so (laughs) I I think real cannibals. (laughs) You, yeah, you gotta like name brand. There's no way to hedge it. And I think the best chance you have is to like, find something authentic that feels like it's coming from a real place and make sure that a $50,000 feature is the right way to tell it. But if, sure. if a $50,000 proof of concept or a $10,000 short is, is the better way to tell it as a $10 million movie, then I think you sure. might take that first step. Right. Or I'd just write the $10 million movie. You do and, both. Yeah, I do both. But then yeah. who's going to give you the $10 million? Well, I, while I'm, spending two years drinking water bottles you're saving up 10 million dollars and no i'm water bottle oh on generals on generals (laughs) i was like is that oh oh, yeah (laughs) well i'm on generals because i'm in that process right now where like i sold a thing and like Mm -hmm. you know i just got an email about hey we're taking it out in january instead of november because (laughs) of all of this stuff right i mean Mm -hmm. those pilgrims really fuck things up (laughs) no kidding um and that's the right decision and like things just take time um, you can do both because the thing that takes time takes so fucking long that I could have shot two movies in the time that it's taken me to sell the show. Right. But I guess, so there's two, right. There's time, the time element and the money element. And I think my thesis for this episode is that y- you shouldn't just make a movie because you want to make a movie. Uh, you should, y- I don't totally agree. Right. Right. No, I know. Yeah. I know you don't agree. I'm. It's the counter thesis to your, <laughs> to your point. Wait, uh, is this how the show works? Yes, <laughs> that's, how, that's how script notes. Matt counterpoint. Uh, sorry. No, but I think my point is that if you want to tell a story, you should tell it, and if you don't have the resources to tell it, show people how you're going to tell it, as right. opposed to just writing a ten million dollar script and saying I would do an amazing job at this. Right, which is uh, I have been doing for years. Do you know what I mean? I'm great at writing treatments. I'm great at pitching. I'm great at like writing pilots. And that stuff is all still going at the rate that it goes at. Right. But I'm saying if you're doing the feature of Squaresville with those actors and it's like them 10 years later, or if you're doing Google as a guy, the movie, then you have the right thing to show them. But if you're doing, you know, a movie about some political cause or something like something else, what are you going to show them? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I think I can write a movie that I can shoot for $50,000 that can break through the noise and also do all of that other stuff literally at the same time. I think I can. And we're here to tell you that you can't. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean. No, I don't. No, no. I I think you can for sure. No, I don't. I know you both both can. (laughs) That is an A plus <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of $50,000 movies. But that's the thing. It's like, have you seen a good $50,000 movie? I've seen a, quite a few good $100,000 movies. Mine is... <laughs> <laughs> Yours is the best. <laughs> no, but for example, the movie I produced, Computer Chess, which, sure, you know, you yeah. won a jury prize at Sundance. Sure, I wouldn't sure. say that it, it won Sundance. It won Sundance. It won Sundance. Uh, one of the many prizes. It, um, I think that was like 120, 130, you know, mm-hmm. low hundreds. 
Yeah. And it was, it made money. It broke through the noise. That movie was extremely unique. And, you know, that was a pretty low budget movie that stood yeah. out. Well, well I, mean, I think when I say $50,000 movie, I just mean like. Yeah. When I can just start. What, yeah. A nights and weekends project, basically. Um, yeah. That movie Bellflower was done for like no money. I, you guys haven't seen it. I've heard of that one. If I keep bringing it up. Yeah, you I loved it. Um, but uh, I just read this article in Deadline yesterday about the guy that's directing Creed 2. Mm-hmm. Somehow he's like under Ryan Coogler's wing. But his first feature was supposedly made for no money. His second feature is Creed 2. And him wow. and his writing partner wrote a short story, a 10-page short story about a future in L.A. where there's no LAPD and what happens there. And they just sold it for seven figures to Legendary after 13 studios <laughs> fought for it. And he's attached to direct it. So wow. I, I'm a huge believer in spending fifty dollars to $100,000 to make something that gets you to have Steven Spielberg be like, this guy's got something. Let me give him a chance, you know. Um, but I, I don't. I guess the question is, do you want this feature to be famous to be like, oh, you, like, mm. Matt is this genius that made this amazing feature? Or do you want it to lead to, you know, d- doing like a movie f- with Judd Apatow? Well, let me rephrase then. How about this? I think that what I'm, where where I'm coming from, and I think you all can relate, is we're all plugging along. Like we're making... Getting real, meals. We're, we're getting meals. We're making real progress. I think we've all... If you look at the year for the three of us, we've all made significant progress. Like we are better off than we were a year ago, without a doubt. We have better credits under our belt. We have more experience. You know, you signed with a manager. <laughs> you know, and I are shaking. Our heads I don't know, to, man. But but I could point directly to multiple things for both of you. I know you well enough to know that like you guys have done some seriously awesome work that you should be proud of and has made your life better and your career better. It's part of the long term, right? Right. Right. And, and it's that thing about the confidence. Like I I feel like I've made some, you know, totally decent stuff this year, but I feel like last year I was on more of a high writing a high of like the things I was making were like exciting. And and that's always going to be the case. It's going to be a little bit of a sine ways, but you guys are both on an upwards trajectory and that's true for me as well. But I think we're all craving a leapfrogging. Right, like sure. you can see how in twenty years, thirty years, will we will definitely still be better off than we were right now, but are we as high up the ladder as we want to be? I don't think so. Well, I, our problem know, specifically, Matt and I, is we pretty much invite people on the podcast that have these crazy success stories. I know that did like a movie that didn't work, then they remade that movie, and then they did a ten million dollar HBO pilot. Sure, um, my friend Augustine. Yes, <laughs> oh, I, literally, who was great? Yeah, um, I was thinking you were talking about somebody else. Oh well, there's because, been multiple yeah. stories. That like story that. is so common, right? Yeah. But the point is, is that all of those guests did it. They they like bit the bullet and made a, a feature, and maybe it didn't work, or maybe it was incredible. But like you, you still just have to keep going. You know what I mean? You do, but like I'm sure we could break down. I I could we could talk about each of these guests, and I could say like why did that work for her, and it wouldn't. It just you know it's different for every person. Sure, 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 sure. But the but the common fact is that you have to go for it. Oh yeah, I, right? I guess there's that of course, which is 
kind of what this whole podcast is sure. about but like i guess from a more like personal emotional thing is like we are constantly exposed to to the yeah. all these overnight like overnight and quote sure. successes and so it makes us we're not looking at all these other directors that we're beating out for jobs we're looking at the directors yeah, yeah. that are selling shows to netflix well, that are directing hbo pilots that are got studio features yeah i don't want to belittle where any of us are like we're all living our dreams life is awesome but i guess what i'm getting at is that how do we get to that next how do level? we get to that next level and like this is kind of like my best guess so let's let's shift a little bit people talk about the five-year plan right um as like good advice to have basically um and as just a way of kind of like setting your sights on things of course we all know that like you know Things change, things happen, you know, like your five, your five year plan never lands exactly yeah, where you're hoping. It's hypothetical. Um, but before we started the show, we were all kind of talking about like, Carlin, do you have a five year plan? Do you have a, like a goals for when you're five years older? Hope to have bought a house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, like, but they're vague, right? Like you're they're not vague. like, oh, I'm going to buy a house. No, I mean, I think... Actually, this year I've sort of shifted career strategies in a way. Interesting. Um, what's what's the new secret? Oh well, let me tell you guys. Um, I feel like, and I'm, you know, I, I've been doing this a little bit less time than you guys. I guess not much, but um, yeah, you are younger than us for sure. Much for listeners, Just much like, younger. No, I'm yes, really not. Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, I guess how I f- see the industry going is that it's so creator-driven and writer-driven in a way that I didn't think it was. I guess, I guess I thought that more directors were getting hired more often for things, but like over the past year, I've, I'm still doing commercials, and now I just signed with a new company. I'm hopefully going to get more. But I'm mainly getting hired as a writer-director and not just a director. Mm-hmm. And so I have even wondered, like, hmm, is directing TV really what, what I want to do, or do I want to write... TV, do I want to write features? Mm-hmm. And do I want to be a brand as like a, I'm a voice. Mm-hmm. I'm not just a director. So that's more my plan now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, but do you, I guess not everyone would say yes, but I, I feel like everyone given the choice of like, do you want to be known as Carlin Hudson or do you want to be known as the person that directed episode four of Empire? Well, but what I'm getting at is what are you aiming for? Right. right? And because there is a distinct difference. Like if you wanted to focus on writing, put together a packet, staff up. Right. You know Where are I you mean? going to put your time? Are yeah, you going to exactly. spend it trying to get jobs or trying to create original material? Like or that? or even like if you wanted to be like an EP, like oftentimes the move is staff on a show mm-hmm. for a couple of years, you know, and then find an EP to develop with. Yeah, but I I guess for me, I thought I wanted to be a TV director more. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that that's, not that I would turn down the job. Right. But uh, I think my path now is like, I also didn't have the confidence as a writer until recently. Mm -hmm. Even though I've been writing this whole time, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I actually think I can do this. And Mm -hmm. I think that like, and for me, my like plan to to make more features is to write things at a mid-range budget that I can be attached to direct. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on. And so the five-year plan then is basically do that, rinse and repeat. Yeah, like continue to write features that I can then also direct. Would you want to do, like, of course, everyone wants bigger budgets and bigger studio budgets, but, like, 
in this current climate, that means a Marvel movie or mm-hmm. a franchise of some sort, you know? Like, would you do a Star Wars? Yeah, do you, I don't think do I you, would in five years. Sorry, but like, would you want to, I guess is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. In 10 years. He's making a funny face over here. Yeah, or, and like, it's like, would you uh, would you be willing to direct my uh, Star Wars film? Like, I, of course you would I, do a Star Wars. But, well, there's a difference between, you know, your Ryan Johnson. Your, if, no, who's the guy who did the Jurassic Park, the first Jurassic Colin Park? Trevor. Colin Trevor. Colin Trevor. Yeah, he's a perfect example. There's like the indie director who then a studio head is like, oh, we could, you know, force that, like trick that person into doing exactly what we want to do. And then a, a franchise just falls in your lap. And then there's people who have always been like, yeah, I'm headed towards that. Like Ryan Johnson is a better example of like that guy who was always doing elevated genre. And so obviously his dream was to do a Star Wars movie. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, Oren, you would be a good example of a guy who's like, yeah, always aspiring to do those bigger and bigger, bigger things. If a studio exec said, hey, do you want to do a Star Wars movie? I would say yes, but that's not what I'm aiming for. Do you know what I mean? That would be like a weird surprise circumstance where we'd have to have a real conversation about it. Right. And be like, Kathy, listen. <laughs> yeah. Kennedy? Yeah. Uh, Gail and Heard. Right. Uh, but just bringing this back to the what we talked about in the beginning, this tier one idea, right? So tier one is like, a project that you are passionate about. That's all we, we want to do, right? And I think what Carlin is saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you realize that the good jobs are the jobs that you make for yourself, right? Yeah. And if you got offered to direct, you know, uh, some, ama- like a, some amazing true story about like a person with a studio, of course, you'd be like, yeah, let's do it, you know? It, so to me, like Star Wars is like a tier one movie, but I think the question for no, next no, no, year. No, but what I'm saying is, is like, I think that those movies f- are offered to people. You don't get to, Carlin doesn't get to write her Star Wars spec is what I'm saying. Right. Like that. It's like, I'm saying it's pure studio system versus self-generating, you know? Yeah. But I think the difference that I'm, the only thing that I, I guess you're making it sound like almost like, well, of course you're going to make your own stuff, but I'm saying. I'm not trying to be director first at this point. I'm trying mm-hmm. to be like, I'm a writer director and that's what I right. do. Right. So if I offered you an episode of CSI Miami, that show is probably not still on, but like some procedural, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Criminal Minds. Not, Criminal Minds. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, right? it's also like, you know, I had an opportunity to shadow on Queen Sugar, which is my mentor's, you know, she was a showrunner. I was just like, you know, that's just, that show's not me. It's not like, that's cool. My my reps were mad, but I was just like, I'm never gonna get hired to do that show. It's not my voice, and so I'm just trying to like really cultivate like what is my voice, what is the kind of work that I want to make, and what do I do? Yeah, yeah, and I have and I have the confidence now to like, yes, I can execute this, and mm-hmm. I can and I can be the helm of this, not just the director. Yeah, but you turned down the shadowing opportunity because you you wouldn't have turned down the directing opportunity. You just felt like it didn't clearly lead to a directing opportunity. Yeah, that's true. And so. I don't know. I guess just focusing this conversation a little more, I think it's like, what are we going to do next year to take ourselves closer to doing working on like our tier one projects on the projects that we're super excited to work on? Um, like the studio that's going to offer you the Star Wars or the Marvel movie is it's not the next step for us. Right. You have to make a name right. for yourself in some way, like sure. Ryan Coogler or Ava DuVernay or uh 
any one of those brother directing teams. Um, the Russo brothers. <laughs> yeah, Russo brothers or... Uh, the Daniels. No, I don't know who those people are. Yeah, like... They're, they're not brothers. Well, that's on them for saying that. They have the same first name. They must be brothers. Um, what they, weird parents. <laughs> like uh, Daniel 1 and Daniel 2. They, they are getting offered those movies because they've already done what Carlin is talking about doing. Right. Right, sure. which is establishing their voice in some way. Uh, and I think we all want to establish our voice but to, for some people it's making cooler and cooler commercials for other people it's like making proof of concepts with treatments for some people it's like indie films and for other people it's like creating their own stuff i guess my question for you is like why focus on features and not like a pilot because i i just love features and i i think they're really fucking hard to write harder than maybe i don't know i think they're harder than pilots we'll see that that's debatable but um i also because I want to make features. And I also think that if I'm going to, I don't want to be a staff writer right now, so I'm not going to try to write a pilot. Yeah. I would argue if you want a Marvel movie, make features. Yeah. Like Plus, if you want to direct TV, direct TV. Right. And I'm not going, say I sell a show to Netflix. They're not going to let me direct the pilot. Maybe now they would, but ma- mainly they don't. Or a network show, they're not going to let me direct the pilot. Augustine's show for HBO, the guy who sold it was not allowed to direct it. But why did she get it? That's a whole other story that I can't say. <laughs> oh. But because she directed a movie that premiered right. at Sundance and was picked up A24. Right. Yeah. So it's like, right. you know, for TV, you don't just get to, like, say you sell your show to some network. They're not going to, they're just not going to let you do the pilot. It's not going to happen. Oh, I'm already, that's in my contract. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll Tony Ascenda, obviously, yeah. has been on the podcast. He directed the whole show. and That but, doesn't happen for most people, I guess. But, but also, I if I I don't think I would be able to sell it to a network, basically. Ah, it's more digital. Yeah, yeah. Or streaming. It, or streaming. Not streaming. Digital, streaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it wouldn't be, the stakes are lower, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But if you sold your pilot and it, like, did, you shot a, a few proof, like... Of three episodes like web size episodes and they did well and you directed them then you probably could convince them to let you direct the pilot i don't know that I you could know. i don't think you could like the broad city like you don't think the person that directed the digital I know show for sure they, they, right. they did not okay high maintenance uh, well so high maintenance is more is similar to the probably the deal that i did basically where it's like i'm directing every episode so if you buy the show it's because you're buying me Right, and that and that's that's basically and, and what we're all ma- saying. High maintenance was a husband and wife team, like mm-hmm. it was Ben Sinclair and Katya. I can't remember her last yeah. name. Sinclair. No, <laughs> uh-huh. um, but but you know what I mean. Like like there's either you're buying the entity entirely, or you're entering into the studio system, basically. Right. I guess that's what I'm saying is with this proof of concept thing. Is like you make the script or whatever the concept the treatment the pitch the the scriptment and you make the material that proves to them that you're the person that should direct it right like when you're directing a fifty thousand dollar feature it's because you are proving to people that they should hire you as a director right right so i don't know there's just no right way to do any well i guess the 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 reason to fifty thousand dollar feature is that i don't have to prove it to anyone yeah that's the point. Right. It is the proof. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. 
I guess my my answer. I don't have a five year plan. Yeah, I was going to say, Lauren, what what is your five year plan? Uh, Clearly, a proof of concept. He's been really sure, sure. But that's that's. I hope that's a six month plan. <laughs> that's true. Well, it's yeah. I think I've been. I spent all this year writing all these treatments, and we talked about you know I do these like twenty to thirty page treatments. If I just did that for a project and then shot a test that's not just on my iPhone, but with some friends on the weekend, like you shot your short film. And I did that a few times. I feel like I could sell something. I know. I mean, we all know people to sell stuff to. We just need to show them something that will catch their attention in three minutes, like your short film. Have a concept that's like high concept and fresh and unique. And we need to prove to them that we should direct it, right? And so I think those are the elements. And you can do all of that for like almost no money. You can also write for no money. I, I don't know. I just really... Maybe I'm like really hammering home the writing thing. But it's also the one thing you can do that's free. It takes time. But it's harder for people to take things away from you if you also are the one who's writing it. Right. I wonder um, if we're just kind of circling around our core competencies. Do you know what I mean? Oh, maybe. Maybe it's like, like, Oren, you certainly are like really comfortable on set. And like you can put together a group, and like all, obviously all of us can do all of that stuff. But like, like I like the physical building. You of like things. the fit, yeah, yeah. Like you're coming putting, out of from an putting together the pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe, Carlin, you're realizing that like, oh, like you coming at it from a place of writing is the thing that you like best. Yeah, you're comfortable, and you don't need anyone else to. Yeah, and I you. I think there are more writing jobs than directing jobs, as well. Oh, that's interesting. I would agree. I would agree. Everything directed, except for documentary, um, is written, but not everything that's written is directed. Right. I wonder, that's funny that you say that because this is maybe a stupid thing to say on a podcast, but I'm going to say it. Um, I think that in TV, oftentimes the writing is more valued and more precious than the directing is. The directing is a... For sure, can but be, you still have be a little 10 paint writers. By, paint by numbers, basically. Yep. On some yeah. shows, yeah. Or on most. Yeah. Some are special and like give the directors more. So I feel like the barrier to entry, like if you've got a couple good episodes, recognizable episodes of TV under your belt, then I think you're kind of in. Whereas like you've got a great one act or like you wrote a great, you know, shouts and murmurs on uh, for the New Yorker or and then you have a great spe- Like we know a lot of people who have a lot of great specs. Like great samples are out there. Screen writing, you're talking about writing. I'm saying like having a, a couple episodes of scripted TV under your belt makes you so much more competitive than a very like than an awesome writing sample. So I'm saying comparing getting a writing job to getting a directing job. I want. I think that getting a directing job, even though there are fewer directing jobs for a television show, I think they might be a tiny bit easier to get once you get past that barrier of entry. Oh, I totally disagree. Yeah, I would agree with that too. You would disagree or you would agree? I would agree with what yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you have to get yeah. the first couple. It's not even That's the first the episode. Part. Yeah. It's the second and the third and yeah. then. And then, then you're in. Mm-hmm. As a director? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I feel like we've heard so many stories of people that have directed like three episodes of TV and can't get a really directing job for the life of them. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I mean, now you know. Nowadays, people are hiring like the actors, the cast to direct episodes, and the producers and the writers. We had a writer on our show, producer writer on our show, that like is not even a really big fan of directors, and he's directing two episodes of wow. his show. So 
you that know. is frustrating in TV that that happens. Well, yeah, that they give a job set like that. But on that writing staff, all of those writers are like super duper brilliant, like name brand people. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh yeah, I've seen that guy at UCB for 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, so Matt, what's your five year plan? Um, great question. I think that my five year plan is to sell the show up the line early next year. You guys are hearing it in in live in real time. Uh, sell the show, shoot a no budget feature, and then that you write that I write. So finish that script this year, basically. Shoot it next year. Sell the show. Use that buzz to content to move into TV, basically, and then do features in between. Is that wishful thinking? I don't know. I, Sounds great. There's a thing that I, I tap out at. Of and like, but what about after? What about in the summer? <laughs> oh, this like, summer? No, next summer. Like when you're done with all that. Yeah, well, development. A very right? poorly formed joke. Oh, oh. Um, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> De- but develop in the summer, basically. Like that's what I think a lot of like that's that's when you do your pilot or whatever, right? Yeah. No, I mean, the joke was that you're going to be done with all that stuff by the summer. <laughs> I get it, and then I, it was so it was so crazy that I was like, surely that's not the joke. Okay, so uh, on the topic of the five year plan, the thing that we've all been talking about, I had the thought, you know, we talk about um, actors will do this sometimes, where as an exercise, the other people in an acting class will all address each person individually. And like give them a list of adjectives to like say like, oh, this is what, when I see you, I think of these five things. Fat, As a, mean, like that kind <laughs> yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, yeah. Vindictive, um, you know, hurtful. Smelly. Mm-hmm. Crass, dumb, all wow. that stuff. Um, anyway. I can't wait. <laughs> but but as a as a way of understanding the way that you're presenting yourself and maybe what you're the the way the things that you might be more apt in being cast in basically mm-hmm. like what what is your essence is what you're trying to get to because the way that you see yourself and the way you the decisions you make are not necessarily uh, emblematic of how people see you basically is what I'm getting at right if the goal for all of us that we want people to hire us because we're Carlin or because we're Orin because we're Matt how do we see each other as presenting our, like right. the best way to present ourselves right to the right. world yeah exactly and like what based off of our track record what are we doing what what would we guess we are aiming for basically um so i thought since the three of us know each other pretty well and know we, our work pretty well uh that we could do that yeah let's do it so yeah. I, I can start because i think orin you're pretty easy i think that you've been focusing a lot on commercials this year and i feel like even in conversation it's easy to lose track of how you want to be making movies. It, you seem like a commercial director to me. Like a, you or rather you seem like a person who is, whose goal is to make commercials for a living. Does that make sense? It does make crazy? sense. It's not crazy. I, I think that the thing that I think you have done really well, I, I, in my opinion is that, you you've branded yourself as someone who not only does comedy but does comedy with special effects and genre driven stuff that's mm-hmm. still funny and that's what i think is like i'm like oh damn i needed to work on that like too. oh yeah it's a very clear it's voice super specific yeah, that's true that's true but I, I would say that knowing you i would love to see you do more narrative work mm-hmm. i want to see that orange short 
I've told you that many times. Yeah. Okay. Now Is it weird? Respond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Fuck you, guys. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, Is, this was weirder than I was expecting. No, it, it's this not. It's gonna be awesome, Carl. And you're like, it's <laughs> I'm exactly like, I'm out. as weird. I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's not weird. I guess I thought it was gonna be a little more prescriptive. Like, well, I, I guess you told me that I should make a short. Um, yeah. Same thing you tell me every week. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think. Well, I'm really happy to hear that direct you know that you're getting that kind of comedy with vfx kind of mm-hmm. background like a, a elevated genre comedy because that is something that i that was something i actively worked on like two years ago when i got my website i mm-hmm. put orin kaplan a genre based like a genre comedy director with a vfx background or something like that and i i can't tell you how many treatments i start with uh i love comedy and i love vfx and i love that i can use both of those things in this in this commercial i say that almost on every even if there's barely any vfx if it's like a phone screen i just say that because that's what i'm trying to work on i really enjoy it i love figuring out how to do the vfx doing the vfx and i love comedy because i like it when you can see somebody laughing at something you know it's just way easier to me than it's not easier it's like easier to figure out if you've done a good job on it than like drama um so uh, yeah, that, that's exciting to me, and I do want to make a short. I, I think I, I really want to sell a TV show, uh, mm. to be honest. And I, I agree 100% with Carlin that like no one is going to hire me to direct TV unless they've either seen me direct something that's exactly the same mm-hmm. as their TV show, or uh, I wrote it, you know, or originated it, or created it, or shot the pilot, or did something. So to me, TV is like a little more exciting than features right now because because of this it, it's just such a long struggle the feature path sure. you know um and i think if you do create your own tv show and it's awesome i think you could get a feature multi-million dollar feature sure. like i think yeah. you know t- our friend tony ascenda can probably get a decent feature job you know because of his tv show so i don't know that that's something that really excites me and commercials i just think are really fun but they they are super stressful the budgets are going down and the work you have to do to get them is harder. And I've just pitched on so many things that have literally gone away after spending weeks and weeks of working on them. Yeah. So it's like hard on the ego and the soul, you know? And so I think to acknowledge what you're saying, balancing the commercial work with some more narrative soul fulfilling, like mm-hmm. I have the job because I created the job work <laughs> is necessary for me. Sure. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for the feedback. Matt and Carlin. <laughs> Who wants to go well, next? We should go to Carlin, right? Oh, so we end yes. on me, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. I don't know why, but yeah. Um, We're going in a circle. Could have been a circle the other way. We can yeah, go to me. Triangle. Either way, I don't care. I no, think no. I'm ready to just get this over with. Yeah, yeah. So Matt, <laughs> you want to talk about Carlin? It, it, it's so much easier to talk about you, Warren, because like you're the only other person whose career I am the most <laughs> familiar with. with. Yeah. Well, I can yeah. I, I can start on yeah. Carlin because, yeah, like Matt said, obviously we don't know your day-to-day as much as we know each other's. Like we are just constantly telling each other what we're working on and we're right. up against each other for so many things. But this year, specifically, Carlin and I were up against each other for a lot of things. I mean, the three of us were in the mix on, I think, a lot of things. And maybe not always for the same project, but well, Carlin, at the same time. you and company, I weren't up for much, were we? Not a couple things, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, there was that one series that the woman told us both that we were the only people that she was talking to. Oh, that's to. right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Wait a but we figured it out not because we were like talking. It was just, it came out like who knows very. It was pure happenstance that we figured out that we yeah. were both up for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I guess my only point in that is that I have a better idea of like where you're kind of moseying around, and we've obviously talked a lot about reps and you have a really strong commercial background, um, but also like a strong indie narrative background. And I think that those are both great. I think uh, that keep being, di- that commercials are excellent practice. Carlin, Too soft. Did you, yeah, you just rolled your eyes yeah, hard. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but but uh, I will, I do think like the first time you came on our podcast, Matt and I, it was like this time when we just heard over and over and over people calling us and asking us if we know good female directors, you know, asking right. us. For, and at that time we told you, or at least I said like, you should just, you'll be directing like big TV shows in a year. Cause there's just like, uh, you know, people like people like you are in demand, like talented, like, you know, uh, female, like good at things, good storytelling, good at meetings and all that stuff. Um, and so I guess the truth is it's just like, it's just, you can't, there's no surefire way to do anything and but if i were you i would shadow and i would write the feature and i would do the commercials and i would do everything because i think Mm -hmm. you are good at all those things like i think you have strengths in all those different places so i wouldn't um skip any of them uh if i were you yeah i i the more you talk or the more i'm like (laughs) cut out all the fat and just do features Except for how do I make a living? How do you make a living? No, I know. Meantime. I know. Well, look, that's the circle we're all kind of. Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is that the sooner you crack features, yep. the sooner you're not worried about any of that other garbage. Like when you do a LaCroix commercial, it's for fun and for money and because you want to go on vacation and they think you're fancier. Okay. So... And so you, you're still doubling down on features for Carlin, even though, though you know she already made a feature. Yeah, but she wants to make more features. Yeah. Right. I guess just saying, like, just put a, all your energy into features. It's like if this next one doesn't hit and the next one doesn't hit, but the third one does, that's like six years down the road. Just, yeah, I'm okay with placing bets on Carlin's ability to make features though do you know what I mean like but also I'm writing multiple features right now and like not every feature that I write is going to get made but I could write six to ten features in the next three years easy yeah 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 it is it is I wish I you know had a trust fund because then I would just write and do more narrative stuff but it's hard to give up commercial stuff too because it's also just a way of practicing yeah do the other things to like make money and things like that and like stay above water but it's an investment in your future Mm -hmm. i agree and also people say i do want to get staffed in the next year people get staffed off of plays and features too you don't have to have just two pilots you know you should have you should have two pilots (laughs) but you know i do (laughs) i do have friends who've really gotten staffed off of like having an amazing play or an amazing features let me ask was that amazing play like buzzy no and she's on an hbo show cool or do you want to respond to what we said? I don't know if there's... No, I, I feel... I mean, it sounds I feel like... like you, I agree with, with you both. I feel like you agree more with Matt, but I'm 
like a little bit more, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I wish I could just do. But I, yeah, I, I'm going hard on all of the paths just because you never know which one's going to. Right. Yeah. I guess I hit. First. I personally think what makes you a good filmmaker is the rounded background that you have. Mm. You know, mm. that you produced for, you know, computer chest and and. Uh, Link later. Link later, right? And that you did these lifestyle commercials and also a comedy, you know, web series and a, like a high concept, like digital show and a, you know, low budget feature. Like, I think you're easy to talk to. The reason we have you on this podcast as much as we do is because we can talk the, to you about uh, oh yeah anything uh-huh. directing related. <laughs> and I think somebody, we've never had someone that just, you know, sits in coffee shops and writes features all day because they don't have that same background you know i think i'm realizing that my advice to both you and carlin is obviously like just about what i want for myself and <laughs> my insecurities like uh, so obviously yeah well that's yeah. my advice too i mean i'm like you can have it all <laughs> uh, but just shoot proof of concepts please uh this is awful right <laughs> yeah oh boy um Ugh. no i mean i think i think you've had a really good year this year uh and in ways that you totally, I would have never expected last year that you would be directing, you know, things for Ellen and things for Facebook Watch. I mean, last year you did those two shows back to back that was like on the high of the Go 90, you know, uh, revolution that just fizzled out. I think you've had like awesome, You, I think this year you've like really thickened your resume in a lot of cool ways, you know, mm-hmm. you have Barack Obama on your reel and you have tv stuff on your reel and you have like multi-million viewed videos you know on your reel uh but i don't know that how much of those things like you can show someone with your script for a show about a girl that's really into comic books you know it how that sells you as the director i think as a writer and show creator you've made a lot of progress so to me i'd like to see those two things come together. And I know that's what your short's about. And um, and you've done like a bunch of like awesome commercials this year too. And I think, I don't know, I think that last one you did, the gambling one's like uh, like awesome. Like I would kill oh, to have yeah. like a commercial like that on my reel because it's, sim- you know, it looks like the commercials that I love on TV. It's like simple, looks good, and it's focused, you know, and that's like really hard to find material like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I know commercials isn't like your passion but i think when they come up you should definitely do them we should all kind of take i mean we all love those weekend jobs but i don't know if you should take the if ellen says do you want to come on for 10 months and shoot these things again i think if i were you i would probably say you know just call me for like the big jobs you know but i don't want to do 30 episodes of, of something you know because it's not in line with with where i'm going um very easy to say uh yeah you know um but you know i think i feel like you've had a good year and you probably have a little bit of room to make those decisions mm-hmm. and we all go through that time where you're like ah, i just need someone to hire me for anything yeah and then other times you're like ah, i can't work on 10 things at the same time i gotta stop and write my feature so yeah i don't know i, I think listen for me listening to your goals and this i think that you know this was this was a year where you, t- where you had a lot of great jobs like money jobs um and creative in a in a way but i just think like you need to focus on your long-term career strategy and how you're going to get there Mm -hmm. 
And you should look at your short film as like Carlin made three shorts, you know, and one of them won South by pretty much. <laughs> it won every festival. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an award winning director. I mean, you've all seen it. So. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's like keep, I think that's awesome. I'm like so jealous that you did that short and you made that your, that's world war one spec commercial. I don't even know what it's about, but it's like you're making stuff and just keep doing that, you know? And it's, what made us all get into film is we made a bunch of crappy videos that like our parents liked, and so we kept making more videos. And my mom hasn't pay- liked any. <laughs> <laughs> she tried to watch. Well, I just produced computer chess, but she haven't I told the story? I think so. Yeah, she said. Well, I tried it's to watch it, but it's a, docu- it's a documentary, and I said, "No, mom, it's not a documentary." And she's like, went back to watch it again. Carla, it's a, it's just a, it's a documentary, and I was like, "No, it is not. It's shot in black and white." <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't get it. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Well, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think that stuff all makes complete sense. Um, yeah, and I, I think is kind of exactly. I think I think we all have said the things that we heard today, mm-hmm. basically, right? Like, in some version, no horn. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I mean I I think I would have said the same thing if we hadn't just had this conversation. Sure, fair enough. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. You never know. Like, you wouldn't have gotten the Obama job without the Facebook watch. Like, you know, sure. you don't. You the way that this city and business works is so random. You know, um, I, I guess my ultimate point is though, it's totally true. Like saying yes to opportunities leads to more opportunities, but it also closes you off from being in a different building. So I was in the building and got the Obama job, and I'm so grateful for that. It was a dream come true. But also, if I had been in a different building, something else would have popped up. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, make sure you're in the building that is in line with what you want to be doing. I've said no more in the past year to things, in the past couple years, than I have, than I ever would have thought that I would. Yeah. Just because I'm like, eh. like cool stuff too, right? Yeah. Like, this is maybe not that cool, but I got offered actually an Animal Planet job that was, like, <laughs> fat pets. It's so stupid, but it was, like, directing this, like, funny show about, like, Carlin, overweight fat pets. You, you, and you, you like you fat jokes. I love fat pets. Yes, who doesn't? But I thought, okay, I'm going to be doing this Animal Planet show for four. I just was no, like, I can't do call. it. Yeah. And I regret, my bank account regrets that decision daily. But my long-term career, like, strategy, it, it you know. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. I yeah. still love like the Abby Fuller advice that she was, you know, when, that she gave us is like, take all the jobs, but tell everyone that hires you exactly what you want to do. And Brad Payton, who directed, you know, San Andreas and Rampage and all these giant movies, mm-hmm. he got his first movie, an $80 million feature film, <laughs> crazy. by telling the guy who owned the property that he wants to direct the sequel to this movie he did. You know, so I think it's it's just really important to tell people and show people what you want to do and then take the jobs and meet the people. Brad was literally in the building when he said that, though. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the tricky part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think also all of this is there's a subtext of like we all have to make money. Right. And we're all fortunate enough that like we had good years and like the support to go to film school or UCLA in the first place and like, you know, kind of build up, like there's a lot of opportunity that we've already um, been gifted. And so I don't want to disavow that, 
you know, right. but also, um, you know, I remember when I first got to USC, I realized like everyone gets dealt a different hand, you know, like there's some fucking rich kids. It's plenty of them just squandered those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is like, we're all just trying to think of like, how can you make the best, the absolute best of the opportunities that you've been given and how can you generate more basically? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's make a vow right now that one year from now we will get back on this podcast and see what we've accomplished. Team. Um, well, should we jump into our final oh, segment? Carlin, you got anything? I have so many. Oh, good. Um, the Bodyguard on Netflix. Oh, really? Why is nobody watching this but, oh. but me? <laughs> People Can't are be watching just it. me. Um, yeah. I feel like someone has brought. It. Is it like the Bodyguard, like the Whitney Houston? No, it is. It's so. It has fucking nothing to do with that. It's confusing. It's Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Uh huh. And he's the bodyguard of. I can't remember the name. It's the person right under the Prime Minister in the UK. Not Whitney Houston. She's not alive. Oh, you're right. But I mean, not a pop star. Um, a not prime, a pop prime star. It's, po- it's sub prime minister. It starts. I'm not giving it away, but it starts with him. Like a not. Well, who knows? There's a bomb that could go off, or maybe not, in the public transit system in the UK in London, and then um the underground. The underground, and then he becomes the bodyguard the to this to this woman who's a high up government official and gotcha has PTSD and hmm. it's great because of the accents and he's all, they're always saying, you know, ma'am, but mm-hmm. it's like mom, mom, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. amazing. For a while I was like, mom? But that that was, I love the buddy. It's like it's like six episodes and it's really sexy and kind of heavy handed at times, but it's great. Yeah, that sounds good. Dude, yeah. I just had a commercial idea where uh, like everyone's names in the commercials are like Alexa, Hey Siri, and OK Google. <laughs> and people are just yelling them at each other the whole time. What's the advertising? There we go. There's my Amazon. <laughs> uh, it's advertising like security. Like, oh, I don't know, good. something to like stop having people listen in on Great. your conversations. Lord, you got to shoot it this year. Okay. Wow. Jeez. Alexa's. <laughs> Shit, I said her name. <laughs> don't say Alexa. Um, no, just because you, I was just thinking of like why it would be funny if someone just kept saying mom over and over. Right. It, it's very funny in the in this show. It's not a comedy whatsoever. The the bodyguard. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. It's six episodes. I mean. Oh really? Yeah. Nice and easy. It oh, was the great. most popular series in uh, England this year. Oh, all right. I have two, real it, quick ones. Yeah, do it, Orn. Amazon Prime Homecoming. Have you guys seen it? I just started. It. I fell asleep. Thoughts? First yeah. episode. Oh, I mean the filmmaking is insane, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The sets. It is nuts, and I'm really enjoying. It. I'm four episodes in, but that's I'm, why I got to keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, Kara fell asleep at, in episode two, but uh, <laughs> it's re- I really like it uh, so far, so it's cool. Um, and I'm also like a huge fan of Gimlet Media, you know, the podcast, the people behind the show. Uh, my other thing is a program. I actually sent Matt an email about it today. He never responded. Uh, I'm sorry. He's busy. It's called Pure Ref. P U R E R E F. It's like totally free, and it just lets you organize all your images if you're making a treatment or um, doing anything that is real, relies on images and you have like a ton of them and you're trying to organize them and move them around and just, I don't know, it, it, you you just got to check it out. Like type in Pure Ref 
into Google and it's free and it's um, this awesome program. I'm going to show it to you guys after this mm, Such a Warren endorsement. You're such a, like a great resource for that kind of yeah. nerdy sort of stuff. Thanks. I love it. <laughs> you, you said that with such glee. <laughs> I know, but I, it was a compliment. <laughs> no, no, his thanks. He was like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I am the expert. I am that guy. Um, have I endorsed uh, Spider-Man? PlayStation <laughs> 4 game before? Just The original character? No, no. The PlayStation game? Oh, no. But you guys, Spider-Man and PlayStation 4. Oh, I've heard about it. I then. take it back. You're the nerdy one. Oh, man. It's so good. It's really awesome. I don't play video games. Um, let me recommend Sorry. it. How do you feel about Spider-Man? Do you have any neutral. feelings? Neutral. Yeah, neutral. Just a, that's a guy. Um, Spider-Man is like Charlie Brown, but with superpowers, right? So like he is always trying his absolute hardest to do the right thing and then it inadvertently like hurts his social life in some way so he's always letting somebody down because he's busy saving someone or something like that uh with great power comes great responsibility and the game does a great job of like making you feel like you're actually swinging and stuff um through new york it's incredibly rendered but also the story is really genuinely awesome like it weaves in all of the emotional beats of Spider-Man and like the sense of responsibility and like a little bit of frantic franticness of like really trying to like get it all done, you know, like there's a, there's a mugging and then there's like, you know, a guy who's got a bomb and then, you know, Vulture is flying around all this stuff, crazy stuff all at once. And then like Aunt May is like, you know, you have to hang up on her to get, like go save the world or whatever. Is it an open world? Yeah. Sounds really yeah. stressful. Uh, it's great. It's great. And also very good natured. Like, like you, like, so open world, right? Like, uh, in the world of like fallout, which I love, but also like red Jeopard redemption or like grand theft, grand theft auto, those games are all very destructive, right? Mm -hmm. You can't accidentally like run a pedestrian over in Spider-Man, but you can give them a high five if you want. (laughs) It's awesome. It's for kids. Yeah. Or adults who have um, played it to 100%. Who have a whimsical <laughs> sense of yeah. wonder about them. Yeah, Spidey. It's yeah. the best. Cool. Well, thanks for the endorsements. Anything else? I think that's all we oh, got. Oh, wait. I'll say one more. Oh, yeah. My friend <coughs> Hannah Fidel, which actually you guys should have on the show. I just thought of it. I feel like we maybe reached out to Hannah. Maybe. Um, her, she, her movie came out. It's called The Long Dumb Road. But um, I saw it this weekend. It's playing the Lomley and it's available for rent it's really funny what is it about it's about these this young man who was like the star of dope and some other not one not the star but one of the stars like a up-and-coming guy and he uh, jason manzoukas jason that? manzoukas oh sure it's his first leading role oh and so he's surprise surprise a grifter mm. and uh this guy is going to college moves driving from it's a classic road trip movie so he's like going to college in la and he picks up Jason Manzoukas and, you know, and lots of things happen. <laughs> it's really fun. It's a long, dumb road. It it's a long, like. dumb road. Great. Awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's exciting. Uh, Manzoukas is very funny. He's very fun and gets pretty dark at times. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Carlin. Thank you. hope I didn't bum people out. Ugh. Ugh. Just us. Good. Um, no, you were awesome. If you guys have any uh, comments, you want to tell us your five-year plans, want to tell us if you think we're on the right paths or the wrong paths, please email us at justshootapod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. We're at justshootapod. 
Uh, leave us an iTunes review. It really helps people find the show and is awesome. And we read them on the show as well. And this episode was edited by Christopher Robert Gray. And our producer is Madeline Rosewatt. Our webmaster is Ewan Williams. And the music you're listening to is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar. That's all we got. That's all she wrote. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.